Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Friday, folks, and welcome to it. It is time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, present as always out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois. We are very pumped for tonight's show because, well, we've got plenty to discuss and some great guests coming on 15 minutes from now. Host of the Philadelphia CityCast, Ryan Rothstein, before he enters the arena, that's right, he's going to be at the game himself, he will give us some of his bets, some of his leans, thoughts, all that good stuff surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers. And, well, I don't know what his confidence level is at, but based on his tweets, I'm not sure if they're too high. Uh, I'll give you my two cents on that game momentarily as well. But looking forward to that with Ryan in 15 minutes. Then 30 minutes from now, we're going to be talking some baseball with John Lugeza over at The Athletic. Great better and writer for all things on the diamond. So looking forward to some of his top baseball plays this evening. And speaking of baseball, folks, I've got a couple on the diamond that I'm going to use as Dandy's Dimes, which we will go throughout at the end of the show, 45 minutes from now. And if you haven't been listening really throughout the course of this past week, we've talked to a few people in regards to the Kentucky Derby. And obviously, you've got the Kentucky Derby betting guide out at VEASAN.com. So and I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm going to give you what I'm playing based on what we've heard from our guests and what I've seen from what people and the actual experts have wrote up uh, at VEASAN.com. So I'll give you a little taste of what I'm wagering for tomorrow's race. Like I said, let's begin, though, in the NBA, talking about the postseason action tonight, not only on the hardwood, but I'll also discuss one of the hockey playoff games that I do like tonight, but we'll hold off on that for a second. Let's begin with this Miami Heat-Philadelphia 76ers matchup, a game that had this one opened up as a pick -em. I saw it as high as three and a half, and then you kind of heard the rumblings of Joel Embiid still listed as out, but he went through practice, and I guess he cleared concussion protocols, so then he was upgraded to doubtful. And as of this moment, he still remains there, but I'm going to be honest. I mean, the number kind of reflects it, and you've seen this story happen before. We saw it very similarly happen with Devin Booker when he was ruled out, and then all of a sudden came about and played against the Pelicans. you got to envision that Embiid is probably going to play tonight. And I do like the Heat in this series. We've talked about all the different angles and bets I've made on the series plays from before the series and then after game one. And again, it went up to as high as three in the hook. Now it's back down to one in favor slightly of Miami. They're the favorite on the money line, minus 118, and the Sixers are even money. Total's been very steady at 210.5. But it looks like Kyle Lowry will also be back in the mix, which, of course, will be a nice addition to Miami. But will Embiid be enough? If he is back in this game, is that going to give you enough confidence to trust the Sixers team? And it's not a knock against Embiid. I love Joel Embiid. He's a great player, one of the best in the NBA. But aside from Joel, he's not getting the help he necessarily needs from James Harden. He's certainly not getting the help 
from Doc Rivers in the lineups he's putting out there. And Ryan Rostin will go deeper into that. I'm sure he's got plenty to say. But you also just have a feeling of, I don't know, maybe just a lack of trust in the Sixers squad that you've had for quite some time, maybe in Joel Embiid, and especially in James Harden, not able to win significant games. You thought them being together, they could put it together and get the right formula, but they haven't instilled any hope, at least in myself, that they could do that. Even the series against the Raptors, against a depleted Raptors roster, they made it closer than it should have been. And now you got Embiid, who's probably, again, going to be back in the mix. But even if he is, is he going to be 100%? And even if he's close to 100% and impactful, is that still going to be enough to overcome this top-tier Miami Heat team that's getting an additional player back in Kyle Lowry that has the better head coach in Eric Spolstra and as much depth, if not more, than the Miami Heat? Now, Joel Embiid versus Miami during the regular season in three games averaged 24 points per game, 14 rebounds, and shot 42% from the floor. Now, those are great numbers. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of what we expect out of Embiid and have seen him produce in top-tier games, I mean, 24 points per game, you're going to need more out of him than that in order to beat this Miami team. Well, good for Miami that you have a great defense and you have a guy you can counter Embiid with, at least defensively, and bam, out of bio. So I get it. I get all the hoopla with Embiid coming back and the line going back in that direction. And I'm not going to play this one officially, I don't think. But if I did have to play it, I would look toward the side of Miami here. And yeah, I'm a little bit biased because I'm invested with all these different series bets. So that's why I don't feel the need to bet this individual game because I still want them to win, need them to win, and hope they win. But I just feel like they're still the better team even if Embiid is back in the mix. The home court advantage surely is going to help. But this Heat team is legit. And I do give them the slight advantage regardless if Embiid goes or not. But again, not going to play it officially, but will be rooting for Miami, no doubt. Let's take a preview or a look at a preview of this Suns and Mavs game. The later one tonight, 8.30 p.m. Central Time tip. This one has really been at a pick for most of the day. I mean, you got a slight one point on the spread here toward the Dallas side. Money line minus 114 for the Mavericks, minus 105 for Phoenix. Look, we talk about this with VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum all the time. Make sure you're checking out the difference in the juice you're laying for the one-point spread versus the money line. And also, look, I mean, for example, say you wanted to go with Dallas, minus one. Just do the minus 114 at that point. You're laying four cents extra, and if by a random chance it does fall on one, you're going to be pretty ticked off that you didn't just go with the money line. At least that's how I approach it. Uh, we have seen some movement in this total, though. 219 in the hook, now down to 218. If Dallas is going to control this game, it's going to be slower tempo. That's kind of how they conduct their offense and really what they want to do against this Phoenix team that can run and gun against you and has shooters all throughout and really can thrive in transition. Now, this one is a very interesting game because Dallas is a team because you have a guy like Luka Doncic who can drop 40 on any given night and help from a guy like Jalen Brunson and still having some three-point shooters out there. They can absolutely sneak a game tonight or the next home game. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I have faith that they will at least get one of these games against Phoenix. But again, I don't have enough conviction to use it as a full play for this game or the other one, but I think Dallas absolutely, again, has what it takes to probably end this series in a gentleman's sweep. But is it going to be this game or the next game? The market is uh, ever so slightly going toward Dallas here, and you know what? I guess that's where my lean would be as well for the full game. But I like a different angle that you could approach for this. It seems like a lot of times, maybe this is anecdotal, but 
in the postseason, when you get a team who has a home court advantage, they win game one, they win game two, and you're like, all right, that's the better team. But the other team is still pretty strong. They're going back home. You see a short spread, giving them respect like we do with the Mavericks and Suns. You get the home crowd behind them. You usually expect them to come out more explosive, right? Have more momentum because they have the desperation levels a lot higher than the team that's up 2-0. So that got me thinking with this situation with the Mavericks, what's the approach to betting them if you don't trust them full game? Well, maybe consider the first half. You've actually seen some movement in the first half money line. It opened pretty steep at a lot of shops. Dallas on the first half money line was minus 141. and some spots, you're seeing it as high as minus 160. The spread's at about minus two consensus-wise, it seems. That's the approach I would take for this game. Now, just because of how great Phoenix still is and... I don't know, maybe you don't have as much trust in Dallas to put it together for two full quarters. You know, it's still not a play that I'm going to list it as a Danny's Dimes, but if you're looking to get invested in one of these two games, I honestly think this Mavericks first half angle would be your best selection to make. Again, the market's kind of gone that way. You have that thought process that Dallas needs to come out firing right from the gates and that they will and that we have seen them do it before. I think they led by two in the first game of this series. But if you're looking to get involved, that's the way I would look to do it between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. But I don't like that the money line is so high, about minus 160. If it was like minus 130 or less, I'd probably bet it. And I don't want to lay the two because it's such a narrow margin in the first half. So I'll probably stay away from that one. But if you do have more confidence than I do or you're willing to lay that price for the money line or go with the two-point favorite on the spread for Dallas, again, that's the way I would look to bet it. So that's what I'm thinking for the first couple of games in the NBA postseason. Let's transition over to the ice, talk some Stanley Cup playoffs. One game that is really drawing my interest tonight you know it's got to be the Maple Leafs and the Lightning series. We bet the Lightning on Monday, and I was like, all right, if they hit the money line, cool. If not, I'll look to bounce back on the series price. Well, they lost, and they lost in a terrible fashion, so much so that it really just swayed me away from wanting to take that series price that when they were down 1-0 was plus 185. Well, then they go on, and they win game two, 5-3, to three. And then they move back now as a favorite to win the series, minus 117, and the Maple Leafs are minus 104. Now, I'm not going to jump in on the Lightning series price right now and lay minus 117 when, of course, I could have got the plus 185. But I do have a little bit more faith in the Lightning in this matchup than I do the Maple Leafs. Now, the Maple Leafs, of course, could win any given game. They have that great of an offense. But Tampa Bay really showed you the experience and talent that they still have present on this team to not only just get embarrassed in game one on the road 5 nothing, but come back and win a really tough game against Toronto 5-3. They went 0 for 5 on the power play on Monday, bounced back, went 3 of 7 with the man advantage on Wednesday. Defensively, they were 4 for 4 in killing penalties. And guess what? Andre Vasilevsky has thrived on home ice. 28 and 4 is his record. 2.23 goals against average compared to a goals against average of 2.77 on the road. Save percentage both at about 92%. But the two shutouts that he does have this year both came at home. Now, conversely, Jack Campbell has done a little bit worse on road ice. 12-4-5, whereas at home, 19-5-1. On the road, goals against average for Campbell, 3.14. At home, 2.22. Huge difference. Plus, at home, his save percentage is 92.5%. On the road, it's 90%. 
He also had four shutouts on home ice and only one on the road. Very slight line movement going to Tampa Bay. You know, they kind of killed me the one time, so I don't know if I'm ready to get heartbroken again if they don't win. But a strong lead to the Lightning for the hockey slate of postseason action tonight is where I would be gravitating toward. All right, let's switch up the gears a little bit. Bring on our guy, Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. He is live right outside the arena. We'll get his take on the Heat and Sixers game next. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion and for it to be centered around your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these podcasts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you'll get set up with multiple episodes a week and great local sports betting content. All righty, welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour. The network is VEASAN. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for being with us on this Friday evening and a Friday evening that is jam-packed with plenty of sports betting action, especially in the NBA, which we're going to spend this segment discussing with our pal Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. You can follow him on Twitter. I'm sure he'll have plenty of updates and complaints throughout the game, such as myself, because that's how us Chicagoans do it, just like him out in Philly. At Wise Rye is where you can follow him on the tweets. Uh, Ryan, I'm getting some intel tonight that you will actually be in attendance for this game. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, Danny. I mean, I misery is attendance in person so i figured i might as well have a front row seat for it <laughs> look i get it right you know maybe you can bring that extra spark or that good luck to the arena or something like that but hey you'll get a first-hand view of uh, what your sixers may or may not be able to do but man i mean obviously this game is very unique because of the status of joel Embiid. i mean the last i saw it still was unknown maybe you have something to add to the mix but i feel like the assumption is that he's going to play because the spread got as high as three and a half in favor of the heat now it's basically down to a pick -em. Even if he, or I guess let me phrase it this way. If he's going, how do you handicap this game? And if he doesn't, then how do you look to do it? I mean, I'll, I'll keep it simple. If Joel Embiid's not on the floor, they don't have a shot. Um, and then I will say this, just touching on his status. I don't have any legitimate confirmation behind the scenes, but, you know, just the writers that follow the team and some of the local, uh, you know, media the folks that I've been speaking with texting a little bit throughout the day, all signs are pointing towards Joel Embiid playing. So although it's not officially announced uh, from the woges of the world, it looks like Embiid's a go. And listen, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I want to say that the Sixers are in a good spot here to bounce back in a, in a two Oh hole. Everyone knows uh, what a three Oh deficit looks like. This is essentially a game seven must win for the 76ers. They're getting their MVP back on the floor. That's what it seems in front of their home crowd. Uh, so I want to lean towards the 76ers. That's what I talked about on my CityCast episode earlier today. But as you can tell, uh, I'm not screaming it from the rooftops here. I, I, I like this as a wait and see 
live betting opportunity potentially. Uh, but if you're forcing me to give a pick, I'm, I'm leaning with the 76ers with some very small value attached to them. Uh, as you mentioned, a, a one-point underdog at the moment at Bet Rivers. Well, look, Ryan, I get it. You got to stand by your team. You're standing by your guy, Embiid, getting back into the mix. But I feel like in the back of your mind, as I know you have talked about plenty here on this show and on Twitter, someone who may be holding this team back is their head coach, Doc Rivers, who you call now Glenn Rivers. Uh, why don't you explain to everybody why he gives you trepidation in terms of trusting the Sixers team from time to time? Uh, we don't have enough time, Danny, but I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and I'll try and sum it up here for the folks that don't know Glenn uh, as well as we do here in Philadelphia. It's just he's stubborn, man. He's stubborn, and I know that's a horrible way to start off the explanation. But a perfect example is DeAndre Jordan uh, getting the start in in place of Joel Embiid, and he just got absolutely cooked. He was a minus twenty-two. Uh, in less than 15 minutes of play. He couldn't guard anyone. He can't move laterally. He's basically a ghost on offense. Uh, and, and people that are in, are in the uh, know, close to the situation locally, we all really like Paul Reed. Uh, he gets himself into some foul trouble, but he's a young player that's athletic. He can run up and down the floor. He can help you on the glass. And even another name that no one has seen yet, Charles Bassey. He's a similar type of player to Paul Reed, a big, very athletic, uh, can jump out of the gym. We haven't seen him yet at all, uh, but Glenn Rivers is as stubborn as it gets when it comes to adjustments, substitution patterns, uh, and everything, and just their offensive identity. I mean, they've just looked absolutely terrible on offense, and part of that I don't think anyone can can solve. Uh, so that's not all on, on Glenn Rivers, but some of it is just his, his purpose and what this team's identity has been, especially without Embiid. Oh, man. See, it's so funny to me because us Chicagoans, or at least us Cubs fans, had like a similar thing with Joe Madden. Like the team is still in the playoffs and relatively doing successful, yet you're just criticizing your head coach or manager and the Joe Madden uh, instance like just so often because you know you have the talent there, but there's something prohibiting them to potentially getting that, I guess, untapped potential in itself. So I get it. I think it's hysterical, and we'll see again if he kind of hinders the squad tonight. And Ryan, I know you got some angles with the props, but before we get to that, really quick, any thoughts with this total 210.5? Really hasn't seemed like it's moved at all. No, it hasn't, uh, which is a little bit surprising. I looked at some of the public betting splits earlier in the day today, and uh, you know both the, the total handle coming in and the total tickets being wagered uh, are both on the over, and the over came through uh, in, in game two. Uh, but I've been playing the unders uh, with the 76ers pretty much consistently over the past six games, uh, four of the six. The under has hit. I mean, this is a heat team that likes to take, take advantage of opportunities presented in transition. They get out and run, but uh, they're, they're a slow paced team. And especially with the 76ers getting Embiid back. So it seems they're going to play a very slow pace as well, hopefully. Uh, so if you're going to make a play on this total, uh, I, I really like the under here uh, getting under two ten and a half. I see like the one Oh six, 100 uh, type of ball game when it's all said and done. All righty. Well, speaking of those props that I kind of tease a little bit, you dial any up for tonight? Absolutely. Uh, trust the process, as we call it here <laughs> uh, on the Philadelphia City Cast. So 
Two straight games, games one and two, I've played Tobias Harris and his over on his points total. And it's interesting. He's been outstanding, by the way, Tobias Harris, Danny. But uh, you look at his points total here tonight at Bet Rivers on their wagering menu, 16 and a half. Uh, and you look at the total for him heading into game two, it was up to 19 and a half. And he got over that uh, points total mark in game two. He did it in game one as well. Uh, an adjustment ticked down a couple uh, points there with you know, the assumption, I'm guessing, Joel Embiid's back, maybe some less shots to go around. Tobias has been outstanding, averaging almost 20 points per game in the postseason thus far, getting plenty of shot attempts, averaging 14 uh, shot attempts per game in the playoffs, including the Toronto series. So Tobias has been, I think, the one and only constant with Maxi a close second. So uh, I'm pretty confident that Harris is going to get over that 16.5 point total. And then anything with James Harden, we got about a couple minutes left here, right? I mean, this guy seems like an enigma from time to time. He's clearly not the James Harden we've seen in the past, but uh, what do we expect out of him tonight if Embiid's back in the mix? It's a great question. No one knows, and that's sort of been uh, one of the main topics of discussion here locally in Philadelphia. Uh, we don't know what we're getting from Harden. Uh, we sort of do know. <laughs> we're asking the question, but seems like we already know the answer. It just hasn't really been enough, uh, especially with Joel Embiid out of the mix in the first two games. Um, so tonight, back at home, you know, role players seem to shoot better at home, but I think Harden's going to shoot a little bit better tonight as well in a huge game, must-win game uh, with the big fella back. I saw Harden over two-and-a-half threes made, priced at plus 111. Uh, expect Harden to at least figure out a way to knock down three uh, three-point attempts tonight, but I wouldn't bank on a monster performance as far as points being scored for Harden. We just we just haven't seen it from him this postseason, Danny. It's been a little bit concerning for the future. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we'll see if your squad can put it together tonight. I'm sure you'll be the good luck charm there, Ryan. So enjoy the game and best of luck with your bets. Thank you as always for making time, my man. I'm the kiss of death. You should probably take the heat, but uh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, at least he's brutally honest, right? <laughs> Steve, folks, at WiseRye, where you can follow him on Twitter. I always love catching up with him. See, those are the best type of sports fans, like where you could just be kind of like pessimistic all the time. That's why like, I feel like Philly and Chicago is very similar in terms of their sports fandom because, yeah, you're going to root for your team, but you realize where your expectations are set, and he's saying he's the kiss of death. Well, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But he gives a small lean to his Sixers tonight. Liking Tobias Harris over his points prop. He's been very consistent, like Ryan alluded to. And then James Harden, he likes for the plus money over two and a half threes. Thinking that with Joel Embiid back in the mix, it's going to open up some space. Harden maybe alleviate some pressure. That could get him back into his true form. But we'll see. Should be a fun one. Looking forward to it. What we're also looking forward to is talking some baseball next with John Lugeza of The Athletic. Great bets when it comes to the diamond and analysis. So I'm looking forward to it. And then afterward, we got more baseball action and a recap of all the Dandy's dive. So plenty more still to come here on Rush Hour. Stick with us. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network.
The Kentucky Derby is tomorrow, and right now, VEASAN is offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every single race. Plus, you get best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. So go ahead and pre-order your copy right now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash Derby Guide. That's V-S-I-N.com slash Derby Guide. Okay, welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. We've talked some hockey. We've talked some basketball. Let's transition over to the Diamond to talk some baseball, where we're going to welcome on John Legaza. And look, he does great work when it comes to betting baseball. John, I've been seeing your tweets, and it looks like you've been having a good year so far. You have great content over at The Athletic. So we appreciate you making some time and looking forward to what you got dialed up tonight. And I'm glad that you have some interest in this first game because I was talking about this on the Chicago City cast that I do, and that was this White Sox and Red Sox matchup. We know that Chicago's been uh, kind of a mess thus far. They got a boost from playing the Cubbies. A little bit tougher maybe going to Fenway tonight where they're a plus 145 dog. Red Sox up to minus 175. What stood out to you for this matchup this evening? This one's easy. The Sox win. All right, everyone. I'm just kidding. All kidding aside, we got to be got to be careful mixing those different colored socks in the laundry, right? We don't want to come out with, with pink. So give me, the, give me the Red Sox today, and it's pretty clear. I mean, clear pitching edge. Nate Eovaldi looking every bit. The ace that the Red Sox really need, two and a half ERA, .84 whip, 25 and a half K minus walk year to date. Looking really good. He's out there pumping 97, going up against Vince Velasquez. I mean, we've we've kind of, we've heard this song before, right? Vince Velasquez is what? It's too many fly balls, 48%. It's too much hard contact, 47%. It's too many barrels, 15%, which leads to way too many home runs, one and a half home run per nine, which I know might not make... You know, all the sabermetricians go nuts, right? But right now, in this environment, it's almost impossible to carry that kind of home run rate. I think he's going to get squashed today. J.D. Martinez especially really starting to heat up. We know he has MVP caliber talent. I just think the Red Sox really mop him up today. I even think we're going to get the cover. You know, that White Sox bullpen we thought was going to be really, really good. How about dead last in bullpen, ERA, bullpen whip, bullpen walk rate, Bottom five and everything else. Yeah, give me give me the red laundry today. Yeah, I, I think you're on the right track here. And I want to say, and I'm not a Sox fan, I grew up a Cubs fan, but I want to eventually look to bet the White Sox to win the division because it's almost at even money. But at the same time, I hope they lose this series so you get even a better price on the White Sox. But even further along to what you said, yeah, Velasquez is kind of a mess. The Sox can't hit righties. They can only thrive against southpaws. And on the road, they've had some struggles too. So again, I think you're on the right path and you're getting some slight value with the Red Sox on the run line about plus 150. I'm in agreement with you there. And, John, I think we're in agreement on this next game as well, although I'm going at a different route with the full game. But it seems like you got a first five bet between the Mariners and the Rays for tonight. Oh, I absolutely love Logan Gilbert. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I like to do all my own analysis before I really look at the board. It's almost like knowing the ingredients that you want to cook with and how much you want to pay for them before you find out to just try and keep the biases from getting in. I'll be honest, I really thought this was going to begin at, I don't know, minus 155, maybe even minus 160. We kind of have a landslide as far as the starting pitching goes. Tampa's going to be throwing out Whistler, pretty much a opener, who's been okay, but I don't really know about that. Give me Gilbert. He looks every bit the young ace. 
The M's thought he'd be when they called him up. All the prospects shine. ERA, sub one. Whip, sub one. Four wins, 27 strikeouts already. That's pretty good. And, you know, I like pitching factories, and that's what we're getting in Seattle. They always make sure to have pitchers really work on their arsenal. One thing I write about at The Athletic a lot of times is called the targeted approach, something I call meaning. So Logan Gilbert has one of the most filthiest pitches in baseball outright. It's that changeup. And some people see it and say, oh, well, he only throws it 8% of the time. But, 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 you got to stop with the but there. He only throws it to lefties. So 8% overall, when we look at just the usage to lefties, it's up near 20% to lefties. So it's really a primary pitch. And, oh, that pitch is just unbelievable. It is a sub-100 expected slugging against. I absolutely love Gilbert and what they've done with him. Seattle starting to wake up on offense. We've had a couple guys. You know, it's Crawford, France, J-Rod, and Dylan Moore all have a plus 860 OPS last 14 against righties. I think the Mariners offense is going to get it done today. The bullpen's been a bit shaky, and we know that's where Tampa really butters their bread. So if I'm not ahead after five against Tampa, that's where I start to get a little nervous. So I'm cutting it to F5, though I do think they come away with the win. So we're really not, you know, our opinions don't really maybe that much disparate, let's say. Yeah, no, I get that. I definitely consider the first five as well. So really either approach I think is a viable option tonight. But you're, I mean, you're betting this to trust Logan Gilbert. So at the end of the day, you realize he's at least going to give you five. So you may have that extra security just going first five. But I like it. I'm with you on that one. Uh, John, before we move on to some other games that you may just have some stronger leans, were there any props that stood out to you tonight that you're playing? Well, yeah, one of them was a game we already mentioned, and it's Mm -hmm. J.D. Martinez already starting to heat up. I know, you know, people kind of get on my case sometimes about recency bias and stuff like that. The way that I see production in the major leagues is really in the form of a sine wave. So when we have a really good player like J.D. Martinez, who wasn't great for a little while, which we just saw, and he begins to hit, I just think we're on the way up in the sine wave. J.D. Martinez, last 14 games, is a plus 1,000 OPS, a 466 Woba, I love these total base props. As home runs have declined, maybe it's a bit tougher to chase those, but these total base props are totally viable. You're getting plus money for over one and a half bases. J.D. Martinez is a doubles machine, and we could get a home run in the first and just mop it up there. So give me J.D. Martinez over one and a half total bases at plus money. I love that. All right, good stuff in terms of the props. And really quick, folks, just a brief, brief hiatus. Looks like Joel Embiid is going to play tonight for everybody interested in that Miami Heat-Philadelphia 76ers game. So Joel Embiid is a go. All right, John, back to the reason we got you here, my man. I want to also talk to you about this Marlins and Padres game. I lost out on the Marlins last night, a little bit bummed out, and it looks like we're going to get another solid pitching matchup tonight. Uh, You Darvish, I believe, is still scheduled to start, and he's got the Padres up to mind. 127. Marlins still an underdog, plus 107. What are you thinking for this game? This one is just really tough for me. And a lot of times I tell people baseball affords us so many opportunities to bet. We really should never force our way into a wager, right? No bet is better than a bad bet because anytime you lose 10%, you need to win 11% just to get back to even. So I think my favorite lean on this one is probably up against the wall with a cold drink. I'm going to really enjoy it. But I probably like the Marlins to win outright. I just don't think Sandy Alcantara should really ever be an underdog. But besides that, that's really it. It's a pitching duel all the way. Sandy got beat up a little bit last time. You know what? Those are my favorite times to bet on ace pitchers. On Wall Street, we say BTFD, buy the dip. You could fill in the F, but that's where I'll be on Sandy. I think he bounces back in a major way today. 
All right, and then another game, and this one I actually had a little play into, but I got to see what your temperature is on it. Uh, tell me about San Francisco and St. Louis. Who do you think takes the cake in this one? Oh, man, you got me again. Scratching my chin, <laughs> and the reason is just this. I, I love Alex Cobb. He's one of my favorite pitchers coming into the season. You know, I do a lot of fantasy work as well, and part of it has to do with what I mentioned before, the pitching factory. Man, San Francisco is taking good pitchers, making them very good, taking very good pitchers, making them great, taking great pitchers, making them elite, and elite pitchers making them into Cy Young. Look at Carlos Rodon. Alex Cobb was good coming in. He looked fantastic before the injury, and that's really the issue. As much as I like Cobb, and I love that minus 120, man, I love the Gigantes at that kind of price at home, but... I'm just having trouble backing him until we see it first. So I guess I'm going Missouri today. You got to show me first. Jordan Hicks on the other side is very good, but I always worry about the openers, right? He's only going to go two, maybe three. The Giants also like to stretch count, so maybe not. Who's going to pitch that fourth, fifth, and sixth? I have trouble backing those kind of variables. I would rather right. be on the San Francisco side. My gut tells me that's where the winner lies today, but I'm, I'm having trouble backing Cobb until we see him give us five or six strong innings. So I get that, and I actually am going to back off today. But the price yeah. has gotten a little bit too steep. It's now like minus 135. So if it's too rich for some people, I kind of get that. But, yeah, I don't like the idea of St. Louis kind of going with that bullpen angle with not really a true starter. It seems like they're trying to force Hicks into that spot, as you're alluding to. So this could just be, like you said, maybe like a wait-and-see type of approach with that matchup and then study it for other games. But, John, hey, I love the analysis, and I love all your angles on tonight's game. Seems like we're syncing up for a lot of them, so that's always a plus unfortunately we are up against it i'm sure we could go through the rest of the slate but thank you for making some time my man looking forward thank to doing you. it again soon i really appreciate it thanks so much man yeah you got it absolutely make sure you follow john on twitter by the way at mlb moving abg where you can get more of his content and over at the athletic covering baseball every single day loved having him on, uh, having him on and getting some of his bets always like to get different perspectives so uh speaking of baseball we will continue that you kind of got a tease of where i'm leaning for some of my bets aka danny's dime so we will conclude another edition of rush hour with that next segment and not only baseball well we've got some Kentucky Derby plays, so I'll tell you which horses I am trusting, Minata. So stick around one more segment, and then we'll send you into your weekend right here. It is Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. UFC 274 is tomorrow, and Bet Rivers has a special profit boost for the big event. All players that log in on Saturday will receive a 20% profit boost on a UFC 274 parlay. So make your ideal UFC 274 combo on the main events, undercard, or a combination of both. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This profit boost packs an extra punch at Bet Rivers, Bet on the app, or at BetRivers.com. Okay, final segment on this Friday evening. The show is Rush Hour. 
here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 Since it is our final segment, we always use this to go over my best bets for the evening and beyond. So let's go ahead and jump into it with my best bets, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes. We've got two plays on the diamond tonight. And, of course, we're betting the ponies for the Derby tomorrow. Again, not an expert, just taking all the collective info I've gotten from our guests and derby betting guide at vison.com make sure you check it out but let me tell you what i'm rolling with first in baseball again we kind of tease these games last segment but just to get deeper into it i want to explain my position so uh we mentioned the giants and cardinals game that late line movement now it's up to minus 134 in favor of san francisco I laid minus 125 with the Giants in this game. It actually opened as low as a pick'em, so the Giants are catching steam consistently throughout the course of this day. Now the Cardinals do come in as a team that has lost, or excuse me, um, their last four out of five games, they you know they haven't been as tight as a squad as you'd expect them to be, but they did get a nice win last night against the Giants 7-1. So you could look at this line, and if you're just looking at the pitching matchup, you're going. Wow, Jordan Hicks, I mean, this guy's 1-2, and two, got a 3.65 ERA. They just really took control of the Giants last night, 7-1. Why are the Cardinals such a big dog? Maybe not a big dog, but in terms of what they should be, why are they plus 115? Why are they catching a price here? Well, the Giants are a team that's on a four-game losing streak, so you're probably thinking that even more so. And then you look at Alex Cobb, and you're like, man, 1-1, one 5.40 ERA. Why the heck are the Giants getting all this steam in the market toward their side? It's because you got to look at the underlying statistics that we always preach about, that we were just talking about with John Legaza last segment. Go to Fangraphs.com. See all these stats that we always dish out at you. Because if you look at Jordan Hicks, yes, he's got a 3.65 ERA. But first things first, he's not a true starter, right? He's a reliever kind of trying to be turned into a starter. He started three games, but he hasn't gone past 3.1 innings pitch. He's got a solid whip of 1.22. But the number we got to consider is the FIP, and his FIP is dangerously high, 5.29. That would steer me clear of backing anybody with those kind of numbers. Plus, his home run to fly ball ratio is 33.3%. Folks, league average is 10%, so he is way below league, uh, league average. Someone you really don't want to trust, especially in a role he's not accustomed to being fit in. Now, he hasn't started against the Giants, but he has gone in two previous relief appearances, gave up three runs and four hits in two innings. All right, well, let's look at the other side. I told you Alex Cobb's ERA is really not too enticing to want to back him. It's 5.40, but we got to look at the FIP, remember, 1.80, huge discrepancy. That's why you got to do some digging and look at these underlying metrics. The FIP of 1.80 is telling you, yeah, Cobb's gotten roughed, uh, roughed up a little bit, but maybe not all of it is his fault. He's expected to have a lot more success because even look at his Babbitt, batting average of balls in play, league average is 300. His is at 452. That tells you a couple things. Either his defenders ain't helping him out or it's just been a string of bad lucks, like you're maybe getting blooper singles, and they're just really finding the gaps and the holes in the outfield to where you typically wouldn't based on the pitches that he's dishing out there. He's also got an incredibly high ground ball percentage of 73%. That's outstanding. Hasn't given up a home run, you know, knock on wood. Uh, concerning whip of 1.90, but also to bring you back into the confidence area again, hard hit percentage. When opponents are hitting his pitches, only 16% are classified as hard hit. Very, very low, which is very, very good. 
So I give the pitching advantage to Cobb, a guy who should be performing better and probably in turn will at some point, hopefully tonight. Uh, looking into the batting split, so the Cardinals are a team that's hitting worse on the road, 658 OPS. And against righties, 629 OPS. We talked about it yesterday. They're crushing southpaws. They're hitting 843 OPS against lefties. But against righties, again, 629 OPS. Now, the Giants have been struggling a little bit as of late, but they do hit better at home, 690 OPS. And they're hitting way better against righties with an OPS of 704 in comparison to what they're doing against southpaws, 583. So maybe this exact situation does benefit the Giants a little more so. Now, the Cardinals do have a really solid bullpen, 3.10 ERA and a whip of 1.15. But if it's going to be a bullpen type of game with Hicks not going that deep, can you get the same kind of trust out of that bullpen for the long, uh, long haul Excuse me, in this game? I'm not so sure. And the Giants have a solid bullpen themselves, 3.44 ERA, 1.23 whip. So I'm going with the Giants here again. I laid minus 125. We were just talking with John. I said, eh, minus 134 is a little bit too much for you. I understand. But I do believe the Giants get the win. If you want some better payout, potentially, go with the run line plus 155. Some good value there, potentially. But I do like the Giants to defeat the Cardinals tonight. So let's go San Francisco. Other game that I got some action in. Let's talk Seattle and let's talk Tampa Bay. You're going to get Whistler as a starter originally. For Tampa Bay, right? This is also going to be a bullpen type of game. We saw the same thing occur against the Cubs a week or two ago. And then it's going to transition into Josh Fleming, it seems like, for a run to the workload. Now, really quick, Whistler, he's gone 12 innings pitched, 1.50 ERA, 2.85 FIP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to go that deep, so it doesn't really matter too much. What matters is the numbers for Josh Fleming. Fleming, 15.2 innings pitched, 6.32 ERA. And then you're like, well, Danny, you just talked about the discrepancies between ERA and FIP. Maybe he's got a good FIP. Eh, not really. 4.05. So pretty concerning. 20% home run to fly ball ratio, 396 BABIP, and a whip of 1.85. That didn't convince you. On the road, he's been atrocious. 8.10 ERA, 395 WOBA, and a 670 FIP on the road. Now he's gone against Seattle three times. Two of them were starts. He's 1-1 one one with a 4.73 ERA. But again, if you're not fully sold on going against the pitching that Tampa Bay presents, maybe I can get you some confidence here trusting Seattle's pitcher, Logan Gilbert, who we took to win AL Cy Young. He just won AL Pitcher of the Month. The dude has been crushing it. He's 4-0 with a 0.64 ERA, 3.06 FIP, good BABIP of 225. 7% home run to fly ball ratio. Remember, league average is 10%, so he's looking good. And a really great whip of 0.93. He's pitched one game at home, didn't give up any earned runs against the Rangers. He has faced the Rays once, two starts ago, at Tampa Bay, when 5.2 innings pitched. Allowed only two hits, no earned runs, tallied up seven strikeouts. So he has done fairly well, not only in the last outing against the Rays, but in three career starts. He's 1-1 one one with a 3.86 ERA and 20 strikeouts. Tampa Bay's got only a 207 batting average against him. It hasn't been huge line movement toward the Mariners here. They opened about minus 120. You're seeing them now at like minus 132. But I like the play here with the Mariners. And I get that sometimes they're kind of a tough team to trust, but where they thrive specifically is at home. You look at their batting splits, folks. I mean, when they're hitting at their home ballpark, it's 808 OPS-wise compared to 610 on the road. So if you're going to trust Seattle, trust them when their ace is on the bump and when they're batting at home. Now, the Mariners are pretty even in terms of betting against lefties and righties, so 
not really too big of splits there. Uh, the Rays, they're hitting a lot worse versus righties, 696 OPS. All right, so the advantages in my mind still go with this Mariners team. We are just talking with John. He said he liked the first five. I don't hate that approach either, but I have enough confidence in him for the full game. So give me the Mariners. I also played a minus 125, would still lay up to minus 132 with this squad. So the two baseball plays, both at minus 125, individual bets, no parlays. The Mariners on the money line, and then also the Giants on the money line for our dimes in baseball. Now, before we head out of here, I got to give you some action for what I'm betting with the ponies for tomorrow at the Kentucky Derby. Again, I don't really do too much analysis myself. I take into account what the guests we have had on, like Sean Alvarez yesterday, what he was talking about, and also from VEASAN's Derby betting guide. So I'm taking it from that. But we're going to ride Taba outright. The 12 horses, odds were about 12 to 1. I'm going with him, like Alvarez said, for the outright win. So I'm going to be sweating that out. And then I'm going to do an exact box of the three-horse epicenter, the six-horse Messier, and, of course, Taba once again in that exact box. So that's what I'm sweating out for the Derby. Let me know what you're riding with at Danny Burke 5, or you can get in touch on Twitter. But that is what I've got for the ponies. Very much looking forward to it, as well as the baseball, basketball, hockey action, and, of course, UFC 274. Great weekend ahead, and Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. So enjoy the slate of games. Hopefully you're able to catch some winners. Thank you for being with us on this edition of Rush Hour. We will be back in action on Monday. Looking forward to it. And I'm sure we'll have plenty more series bets, right? We pretty much have had one every single night. So, again, we'll have that dialed up with plenty more Dandy's Dines. But until then, folks, take care. Best of luck with all your wagers. And thank you for tuning in to Rush Hour right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.